What's up, everybody? Welcome to the very first episode of the Tie My Skates podcast. I am your host, Drunk Gritty, and I'm alongside my co-host, Z. How you doing today, Z? I'm doing well, DJ. How about you? I'm doing pretty well. So today, for the very first episode, we are going to start with the season recap, what went wrong during the season, and then we're going to move to top three moments of the season, news around the league, talk about the Stanley Cup final, the Dave Hackstall signing. And then we're going to finish up the podcast with our expansion draft discussion and post game. All right. So how do you, how would you say the season went, Z? Because I think everyone knows how the season went, but um, uh, poorly. I would start. I would start there. Um, I think defense, team defense, was a huge problem. Goaltending was a huge problem. Everyone knows that. I think the offense actually was scoring a lot at the beginning of the year, but then, you know, when that dried up, it, you know. Took it, it downhill from Yeah, there. everything went downhill. I it just agree starts with you rolling. There. I thought the offense was one of the bright spots. Like, yeah, you can say people had bad seasons here and there, but, like, everyone has bad seasons. And I think we were pretty consistently scoring a good amount during, throughout the year. I mean, obviously guys like TK and Hayes maybe could have put a little more into the season, but. Hey, people have ups and downs during seasons, you know? Honestly, I think this is a completely different season if it's not shortened. And they actually have practice time and aren't playing, you know, whatever it was in March, 20 games in 30 days. That's actually one of the biggest things, like not having practice. Like, we have no idea how that was like. Like, I'm pretty sure AV and all those guys couldn't really be on the ice. It was weird practices the the way they were set up. I mean, and they, they couldn't really, you know, do any conditioning when they're playing every other night and exactly, guys have right. COVID and guys are out and I don't know. I, th- I think AV system really depends on the conditioning and, you know, getting the four check going and all that stuff. And when you don't have practice and your guys are tired, it really puts a damper on, on the system. Right. Exactly. And then we're not, they're not getting like as much coaching or like the same style of coaching as they normally would maybe like bad games like lead into like multiple stretches of bad games because like the coach isn't on the ice to be able to physically talk to the player and like work out those kinks in their games and you just you you can't reset because you gotta you got a game the next night or you know or right exactly one day off and and a game after that so uh and then and everyone will say well like every team was dealing with that but I mean, that's the, that is, that's exactly it though. Every team was dealing with it. So like, it kind of sucks that we ended up where we did. Um, I tell my friends all the time that I feel like this season was the worst season I've ever witnessed as a Flyers fan. And I mean, I'm sure I say that every time we suck, but this season felt especially like depressing. Like I could barely get through some of these games at times. And I think that's solely because of the expectations and not just the, you know, fans' expectations of the team, but the national media attention of, and, you know, multiple high-level pundits picking the Flyers to start to, you know, finish number one in this division and and be a cup contender. And, you know, they, they come out and, you know, they were, they were winning games at the beginning, but I think all of us as fans knew they were kind of playing like shit and squeezing it out somehow. Yeah. And then, I try to be. you know... Once they're lucky, positive, but like it was tough to be positive. Like still seeing how bad they were playing, even though they were eight and two, it's like hard to stay positive. But like, I guess when you're eight and two, it's like ah, we're still eight and two, so like it's all right. We're still grinding out those wins somehow. But obviously, they came and, back to bite us in the end. 
And Coots was gone. Like, Coots got injured, what, the first period of the second game? Right. Against the and Penguins? He's, he's arguably the most important player on this team. I think he is, other than Carter Hart, probably than the Carter most important Hart. player. Yeah, I agree with that. And and but we were winning also... despite despite Coots being out. And they were like, all right, so, I mean, maybe they the boys can hold off until he comes back, and then we can start playing the right way and winning. But right. uh, that but just then, didn't like, happen. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, like, Carter Hart's probably the most important player, so... Like, Coots was gone. We were still playing well, but then, like, Carter was playing pretty bad. So was Elliot didn't really have too good of a year either, but, like, overall goaltending, like, wasn't good. Um, and then defense. I think defense kind of made the goaltending look even worse than it really was just because as a goalie, I feel like you got to, like, overcompensate for bad defensive play in front of you. So that makes some goals score on you look bad than they re- like, worse than they really are. But but it was it wasn't just the you know the first shots it was the second and third chances that they were letting up because defense and would that, just scramble. That's exactly when the D is supposed to clear that pocket to the boards, get it out of the fucking zone. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's I mean, depressing talking about this season, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it does I was suck. Just like a, a lot of. I'm excited went for wrong. the next one. I think there's a lot of uh, positivity that can come into the next season. A lot of good things could happen this off season, and hopefully, but things that, end up better. I just want to go back to to the point about um, them missing Coots at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. When he came back, I think they had one game with you know the entire roster and Coots back, which was against the Caps, where and they beat them seven four in Washington, and then the entire half the team got COVID. So it's like you, you get your best player back, you play one game, you you know dominate a high ranked team, and then you know what what was it like five guys including you know four of your best players get covid yeah i think and it was like at least like what was it eight what did you say was it eight total players i kind of forget how many it was i honestly but it was, don't remember i know it was it was like at Braun. least the top two lines like top two lines worth of players like we're just not playing and we ended up we were basically a d squad playing against professional nhl teams i think <laughs> it was like Braun, sanheim g tk voracek and maybe someone else yeah, I know G was first. G and Braun were out like the longest. I know Voracek, TK. TK wasn't out as long as the others, but yeah. and then it, you it know was, I, it was I think... too many players. That's that was the changing point. I, I agree with it, and that was the changing point in the whole season was getting sick with COVID. So COVID, we can use it as a great excuse for the bad season if we really wanted to. <laughs> I think we can blame it a little bit on the NHL too for making them come back. I mean, I think we saw you know the Canucks at the end of the year where they just took like three weeks off when most of their team had COVID. And, you know, and it was kind of funny. They were playing regular season games when the playoffs started, which I know, like, that was crazy. Sucked. I remember every day but, going on uh, the NHL app and like seeing games. I was like, wait, like this team's in the playoffs. I was like, oh, wait, fuck. It says regular season. Like yeah. they're still playing while the first round's going on. That's so, it's <laughs> It was like, like three games, the Canucks versus Calgary. Um, but for the Flyers break, they got like a week and a half off. They didn't get any of those players back. They had to play the Rangers, which they lost uh, 3-2 in a shootout. And then uh, they had two days off and then played in the, the outdoor game against Boston, which they made them travel you know, across the country with half their team having COVID. I don't know if that was smart. And then they just got like decimated by Boston and lost 7-3. Yep. That could have been a fun game if we had our full team, but it's a pretty bad one. I guess the view was good, but yeah, I, I completely agree with you there. Like... We can blame a mix of the NHL, then a mix of COVID, but then a, 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 big, a big, big mix on the team for how bad we played. 
I think it was just everything that could have went wrong went wrong all together yeah all at the same time and I don't think that happened to other teams which like you can say all the teams were sort of in the same situation but you know half of this sport is luck right if not more yeah Uh, I think there's a lot of skill involved there is a a slight percentage of luck when it comes to standings and that kind of shit but I think mostly for the game it's mostly skill but yeah you're right um so why don't we move to top threes you down with that we'll do top threes from the season so we can stop being depressed talking about how bad we were try to look up to the new season so um i don't know do you want to start first or me for we'll do i think the way we should do it is yeah we should do one at a time so like we can react to it and then i'm thinking like you should do your best moment like one first like what's your top moment from the season and we'll go from there okay you want me to start yeah, and we can't uh, – also, we should do this. We can't double up. So, like, if you say something, I, it's automatically off my list. Okay. Like, I have to pick something else. I'm I only got I'm four. first, though. I only got – yeah. I hope you don't take my number one because I only got four items on my list. So, if one of them's taken, I'm already fucked. <laughs> All right, well, here we go. My number one moment from this season is Voracek calling Mike Sielski a fucking weasel. God fucking damn it, dude. That was literally my first as well. Has to be. It was <laughs> not the even best a moment thing. on the ice. It was oh, just no. a funny post-game moment. No, it was the whole situation. <laughs> he's he listens carefully to his question, starts to answer his question like normally, then realizes why the fuck am I answering this guy's question? I don't like this guy, and then calls him a fucking weasel, and then TK almost spits up his Gatorade, and it was just like all of it together was just pure gold. That was so funny. Yeah, that was easily the best moment of the season. Just made you smile for just a little bit in, inside all the, the the pain that was the 2020-2021 season. It also made like non-hockey news. That was my favorite part. And yeah, a lot true. of reporters were talking about it and saying, most reporters, I mean, agreed with Voracek. Like, if you're going to take jabs at a guy, you got to know it's coming back. Yeah, seriously. I didn't even know who Mike Sielski was. I honestly, I didn't before, either. Before this. And I looked him up. I was like, oh, he's like this reporter or whatever. I was like, I never heard of you. So he must not be that good at your job. I mean, I did go back and look, and like most of his articles were like, "Why Voracek is pieces. the problem with the Flyers?" Yeah. And it's just like, "What?" And just That's like so making annoying, up shit dude. about Voracek's, like Voracek and AV. Voracek's like the most consistent player on this fucking team. I get like defensively, he's not like the greatest player, but he he does do his part, and but he's just a consistently good point scorer. Like he always is going to get like sixty to eighty points a season, no matter what. And so, I, 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 think I don't see a problem room, with him. I don't know why Mike hates him so much, but I think for the room, it's important too that he tells it how it is even media you know he's saying the same shit to his teammates if he's telling the media how it is and you know he's fucking funny as shit and uh you know he's not he's not gonna bullshit you i love it yeah dude he's straight to the point that's what i love about that guy he just says exactly how he feels and i love that like you should should speak your mind if guy's a dickhead call him a fucking dickhead or a weasel you know (laughs) (laughs) all right let me see let's do my number one pick getting hard now i'm down to three i'm gonna have to brainstorm as we go here i'll go with a a good one um i'm gonna say g becoming the third all-time in flyers points i think that happening during the season was just like like in a season full of downs like that's something that was like oh wow this is fucking awesome we're watching history here like g's the third most point getting player in flyers history and probably going to be second maybe first i hope but that'll be a stretch but yeah third all-times pretty cool moment I, I think it'll be tough to to get to where bobby clark is at uh, i don't have the numbers I in agree. front of me but 
I don't think he scores enough goals to get there. Bobby Clark was like 1,200 or 1,300. Um, yeah, he's going to have, I mean, I think Giroud's going to have to play for like five more years to get that, to get to that point, like minimum. And I, I think we're both on the same page. We want him to finish his career with this team, but also like if it doesn't work out, we want him to go and win a cup somewhere else, but. Uh, I might be selfish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I want you. I mean, leave. I want him to, win. I don't think he's going to leave. Like he wants to win a cup, but I think he wants to win it in the team that he's spent like a good chunk of his life at like, i mean he's not going I mean, to I know ottawa he, to win well yeah i mean if he wanted to go home he'd just go be in a rebuild for the next five years like <laughs> i think this is the best place for him to be he can be a good leader and he can he can have a chance to win here as long as we make the right moves all right and do, do you want to do number two or do you have i, I want to add a couple more points about drew all right uh just the fact that he is like the what top three point getter like in the past like 10 years yep. behind i think or it's like kane ovechkin and g for the 2010s or something like that 2010 uh, to 2020 crosby as well i think crosby was up there but i That's didn't know stat if he was, i wish i knew right now i think he got injured <laughs> yeah drew Too is much. up there in all those stats it's impressive which is insane actually when you look at it and no one really uh, talks about it except for nobody angry flyers fans when they're trying to make a point <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> All right, so I'll go to my number two. Um, and in a regular season, I don't know if this would be a number two, but just because of my expectations as a player going into the season, uh, my number two moment is the Faraby hat trick against the Islanders. And uh, it's mostly my number two because two of remember that two of those shots Damn. were absolute <laughs> snipes, like top corner oh, snipes you know on Sorokin. I do remember that, yep. And yep. I think JVR assisted on both of them, and that's when the chemistry between them started right. started that's, to get going. That's like literally when we realized, like, holy fuck, this guy is a fucking shot. Like, he could be a yeah. good scorer. Yeah, so that was, like, sort of the first we saw of his shooting ability. I mean, we knew he, he was a good player, but I think he was, like, more so his first year trying to play more around the net. But, yeah, so that, that that's my number two moment. Fairby hat trick, and I think they won in either overtime or a shootout that game. Or they lose. Else. Yeah, I mean, there were so many fucking games against the Isles, God, and I hate dude, to all be honest of with you, To be honest with you, I feel like I blocked out so much of this season that I just forget most of it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Ferry, yeah Ferry had trick. I think we gave up two goals to the Islanders in the third period. Ferry was the only player to score besides Hayes, who got the overtime winner on a power play. That's a pretty good moment. So, yeah, that's Honestly, my number like, two the moment. fact that I don't remember that and it's not your number two, that I think mean, all these things are just showing how bad of a season it was. I mean, it was a pretty bad goddamn season. Yeah. <laughs> all right. My number two, it's going to be kind of similar to yours, but it's more of a broad spectrum on things. I kind of was thinking, like, more broadly on some of this stuff just because it was so hard to pinpoint certain moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with the Farabee breakout season. I think – uh, in a season with a lot of bad things happening to your team, having a young player just like completely like break out and play like really really well, it's like a good thing going forward to have a guy like that on your and team. lead the team in goals and yeah, get like get to twenty goals and get whatever bonus. What I a hope confidence booster for like a young kid. Like Farabee's like probably a couple years younger than me. Like how, how much younger than you? Like four or five years younger than you. Like the kid's like twenty one years old or twenty years old and breaking out in the NHL already. It's awesome. Yeah, it's good to see like a draft pick actually pay off. <laughs> yeah, hopefully the other one in that deal with Shen pans off too with what's Frost. What's that like? 
Oh, that was the other thing about the Couturier injury. If I want to jump into that real quick, that gave oh, yeah. Morgan Frost a moment to to be a to play, you know, meaningful minutes as a center on this team, and then he got injured like his first or second yep. game, and then he got hurt immediately. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's annoying. Honestly, it'll be interesting to see uh, if he's on the roster this year. If he's playing, I think he's really either on the roster or he's on someone else's roster. Yeah, you might be right there. He could be on the trade block, depending on the the trade. All right, so I'll go into my my number three top moment from the season, and it was the Sam Morin game winner against the Rangers and mm, his against the Rangers first goal. Fuck yes. and his I first goal it. of of his career. <laughs> I love that. My my roommate's a Rangers fan, so I mean, watching it, that with him was was special. Just because he's got to yell in his face about how sick Morin was for a second. Yeah, and just just the the joy his teammates had for him. Like the, I think he just got mobbed by like Raff and Lawton and and God, oh, yeah. uh, Ghost and uh, Nick Albe Kubel, and then the post game where he was just so genuine and you know talking about how he had a crazy you know road to the NHL. Get, he had like what three two torn yeah, two ACLs. torn ACLs. Yeah. They want him to play forward. He's never played forward in his life. Goes back to defense. Is playing third shines third third pair minutes with Ghost, and he was actually you know a, I thought a steady you know force on the on the the, the uh, blue line. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Um, and just his excitement was, and just happiness to be there and just be like he's like this is the best moment of my life. I'd scored a goal in the NHL like. You got to feel that. That was kind of a turning point. Like I thought for a slight second there, like that game and that goal would have kind of boosted our team to like maybe making a run at the last playoff spot. But obviously that that didn't work out. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, hopefully Morgan gets to play a little bit next year. Um, he was if a good bright if spot. If he's resigned. And if he's resigned, and I mean, I think ultimately he'd probably be a really good like seventh defenseman. At least right now, that's how I see his role. I mean, half half but our decor if we, are really good. If seventh we don't defenseman. do anything, yeah, exactly. If we don't do that good, like if Chuck doesn't do anything getting defenseman, then he's probably going to be on the roster next year, playing with like Cam York or something, until Cam York ultimately breaks out and is on like the top two pairings. At least that's my hope. I mean, if you can re-sign him for league minimum just to have on the, which I'm assuming you can, because I don't think anyone else is going to give him a uh, starting I th- job. I think you can. There might be like an arbitration thing where he has to get paid a certain percentage more than his first deal. But yeah. We'll see. All right, go ahead with your third um, moment. All right, you did your third? Yep. All right, cool. This is an easy one. It could easily be the first one. Um, I think any of mine could be the first one. But uh, I'm going to go with Limblom getting the Mastin trophy this year i think it's just a good heartwarming moment like he probably should have won last year i think bobby ryan won last year coming back from i think he was an alcoholic got over it and came back and played like really well he, he came back um, and scored so he a, deserves it he too. a hat trick in his first game back after come, going to rehab I oh i do remember that that was all over like espn and yeah. shit cherry hill native yeah. he, he deserved it last it's year like, but like limbaum easily could have gotten it last year as well um i'm just real happy for limbaum like after everything he went through last year with cancer and like, you know, it's just like a real special moment um, for the flyers and for Oscar. So that's my number three pick. Yeah, You can't, you can't argue with that. You can't argue with, with his story either. No, not at all. I had a, an honorable mention I was going to throw in there would, was the, the, sure. the game against the Islanders when Limblom scored two goals. And one of them was the, the game winner. It was immediately following yeah. an Islanders, 
Islanders tying the game, which like here we go again. Islanders score like or like come back from a three goal deficit to tie it with four minutes left in the game. Where have I seen this before? And then Limbaum scored <laughs> right after. Yeah, that was a good moment. I remember that one. All right, let's move into the around the league segment. We'll start with the Stanley Cup final. So we're recording this episode on July fifth. So Tampa Bay is currently leading the Montreal Canadiens three nothing in the series. Z, what are your thoughts on this series so far? I think Montreal doesn't have a chance at this point. I mean, they may win game four tonight, but I don't see them winning four straight against this Tampa team. They're just too deep. Their goalie's too good. They they roll four lines, and if their first line, uh, if like they set the no against their first line, then their third line goes off, and you know, vice versa. So I really don't know what Montreal can do. They're just outmatched in every way. They're, I mean, they have good things going for them going forward. I mean, I just think they're too small and young at this point, probably just Tampa's been there so many times. Like how many times have they been in the, you know, final four? Yeah. Of you're right. Yeah. Like the the past five years, maybe like four times or something. I mean, I think out of all the, like quote-unquote dynasties we have seen like chicago la a little bit uh in the past 10 to 15 years the tampa bay lightning are without a doubt the best of all of them they are so deep they are paying players 18 million more dollars than any other team is physically doing (laughs) (laughs) i mean there's literally zero chance that montreal comes back and I hope it ends tonight because, to be honest with you, I am ready to be done with this season. I want to start talking more flyer stuff. I want to talk about the expansion draft more, free agency, all that shit. Like, I want to move on to the 2021-2022 season, like now. I heard that uh, Tampa's mayor is rooting for Montreal in Game 4 because they want uh, Tampa to win it at home. Uh, I mean, then they'll make more money because... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the, I, honestly, the worst part about um, this Stanley Cup to me right now is that, I mean, I, I, I get it why there's not that many fans allowed in Montreal or whatever, because they don't have the vaccine pushing around as much as like we did in, in the United States. But like, mm-hmm. it's fucking like annoying at this point. Like, why the fuck is that stadium not packed? When's the last time Montreal went to the Stanley Cup? Like, it's it's the Stanley Cup. Like. Let these fans enjoy their moment, even if they're going to fucking lose tonight and get swept. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just think they're they're outmatched, and, and Ducharme's not doing a good enough job coaching. He hasn't made a lineup change the entire series. He's playing Gustafson uh, I mean, you, you, a lot. <laughs> you're playing Gustafson. Is it the bottom pair is Gustafson and Merrill, and you wanted Gus on there to help with the power play, and you want Merrill to help with the penalty kill. But what are they doing for you five on five? They're playing terribly. That's Absolutely what doing. nothing. I mean, did you see that pizza delivery Gus threw right up the middle on Tyler Johnson's second goal in Game yep, Three? Yeah, and he just stood it there was and just like such tried a classic to poke, Gus just play. Just tried to poke just a little bit and just was skating backwards, yeah, not going I towards think, TJ whatsoever. He was skating away from the puck. It was awful. I think there was a two-on-one earlier in the game where he just defended neither player that was coming in. Like, yeah. He's just so bad in pressure situations. We saw it, you know, 
for the time that he was on the Flyers. Like, yeah, he'll he'll get a few points on the power play, but is it worth it for like the horrendous defensive turnovers? It's not. And they got they have they have a guy in a, a young defenseman in uh, Romanov who's just been on the bench for most of the playoffs, if not the entire playoffs. Yeah, uh, some people like think that they're managing their team well, but then you like look back at, at the moves they've been doing, like. All right, Flyers fans don't like to, or they do like to talk about Cole Caulfield. I don't, but they sat this dude for multiple games when he's clearly one of their most talented players. Like they don't know how to manage their team, and they're playing Gustafson. There was a four a on lot. three. Like I don't get it. They had a four on three power play in game three, and uh, Caulfield wasn't on the ice. What are you doing? Like he's your he's like only a, pure he's goal like scorer. A, He's probably one of their top five players at this point. Like other than like, I mean, Petrie, forwards you have to go what Suzuki, Suzuki Toffoli. Uh, the no doesn't score, but he's like a good forward. Like yeah. I think he had one goal in the entire playoffs, and he scored it in Game Three. Kakaniemi as well. Kakaniemi's up there. Um, but like Kokofit has to be the top four scorers on their team easily. Yeah. So I think it's just he's just it's just out coached, out played, out goalied. Like, even when I think it was, you know, game two that Montreal was outplaying Tampa the entire game and Vasilevsky kept him in it. He was just making incredible saves. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Vasilevsky, do you think it's going to be him or Kucherov that ultimately gets the Conn Smythe trophy when it's all said it's and tough. done? It's really tough. My friend actually put in a hefty bet on Vasilevsky to win the Conn Smythe before the postseason started think it was like i could i could see i mean i could see either guy getting it. i think vasilevsky like has i think vasilevsky just because he has straight up won them games and series like closing out series he's had a he's had a shutout for each closeout mm-hmm. he'll probably get one tonight knowing him his his save percentage has been ridiculous he's like a nine three four or something like that and but then at the same time kucherov is putting up gretzky yeah, numbers though. exactly at that's the, same the other time thing. like the past two postseasons, Kucherov has been one of the best players of all time, and he didn't win the Conn Smythe last year. So, like, should he get it this year? It, it's really, to me right now, it's literally a 50-50 toss-up. I have no idea who's going to win it. But I know it's going to be one of those two. So if they're I'm both plus money, winning, yeah. it, if they're both plus money right now on whatever betting app that you guys listening have, bet both of them. Figure out a way to hedge that you win no matter what. <laughs> Is only if Montreal wins tonight, or else the series is over, and they'll announce the, the Conn Smythe winner tonight before you hear this podcast. But oh, you're right, fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did not um, think but one about thing that. I did think was funny. Uh, back to Gus, uh, I was listening to Nick Kiprios's podcast, uh, Real Kipper at Noon, and uh, he was talking about that pizza delivery that Gus threw up the middle, and he said that's not even Stanley Cup final level defense. He's like, it's not even NHL preseason defense the way Gus was playing. <laughs> Oh my God, that's that's some pretty bad criticism. Hopefully, Gus. Yeah, it means didn't a lot coming that. from a former NHL player, and I mean, he won the Cup with the Rangers. But yeah, that's just, I mean, kind of what we were saying. Like he he doesn't play defense like NHL defenseman. <laughs> like we thought, Ghost was bad at defense. Ghost is like ten times better than Gus ever was a it's defense. the unforced errors it's like you have all the time in the world they're not pressuring you and you just pass it up the middle to them at your like turnovers at your own blue line it's just like the worst possible thing you can do yeah but 
I feel bad for Montreal, I think, but yeah, I mean, I think they're. I feel bad for Carey Price. I don't know actually. if they can. Sorry, yeah, I feel, I feel bad. bad for Carey Price. Yeah. I don't know if they can make it back to the cup again because that is hard, and they went on like an incredible run. They went on an incredible run because they went still... through the Canadian division, which was easily the worst division out of the four. That's how they got to the cup, and they wouldn't have even made the playoffs in a regular season, but. Uh, I mean, you can't even say that because the point distribution is all messed up because people are playing different teams in the regular season versus this Correct. past yeah. season. So, like, I don't, you can't even go off that accurately. But uh, they do have a lot to look at for going forward. They got fast, young players, and they have big top four defensemen. So, and they have Carey Price. And could you imagine, like, I love when I watch a like Weber and Chara and just older big defensemen, they just get away with murder even in the regular season, but especially in the playoffs. I, there's just no penalties called on them. They can cross-check dudes to the face. They can slash them in the back of the legs. Yeah, that's they playoff can do whatever hockey, they baby. want. And that's what happens when you I become know. a well-respected player in this league. You get away with certain things. Remember the shit that Chris Pronger did back in the day? Yeah. Like yeah. that dude. A little different back then, the rules. Yeah, but. it's obviously changed in the past 10 years. But, yeah, once you're a veteran in this league, I feel like refs tend to let you get away with stuff more than rookies and first-year players. I mean, go through their, like, just just uh, Tampa's depth. Like, Carey Price, amazing, once elite goaltender. But Tampa has Kucherov, Stamkos, Point, Hedman, Sergachev. Can you name five players on Montreal that stack up to that? Nope. You'd need the whole team to stack up to that, and I don't even think that's enough. Those those five six guys. Kucherov, Point, and Hedman, Sergachev. I mean, there's probably some. I mean, there's definitely some games this postseason where they were pointless because Gord, Goudreau, and Coleman were putting up points, or the fourth line was putting up points. Palat is amazing too. TJ. They just Johnson, who like. Who should be a second second line player on pretty much most teams in this league? What's he on the third or fourth line or something like that? I don't. I forget what line he's on, but he's on the bottom six. He he's in the bottom six. He was playing the third line, and then they put him as center of the fourth line for that game three where he had two goals. Worked out. Um, He got a good matchup. Smart move by John Cooper. And people were talking about him having to be traded because of his contract and because of he probably will know, end up being next year implications but at the beginning of the season but as you alluded to they did they did actually we need know. to talk about this now um, okay Let's a lot of people I, actually i don't know it's probably like a toss-up between what people think on like out there on social media um that tampa either has cheated the system which they most certainly have not cheated they in not any cheat. way or people say they did what they were allowed to do, like they they were just allowed to do it. But at the same time, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know how I feel first, and you can uh, let me know. Um, they they did it legally. I get that. But Kucherov getting hurt that early is so like it's such a good coincidence for them that, and the fact that he comes back. When did he come back? Like right as the playoffs started. Did he play any regular season games? Do you know? No, because they would have been over the cap if he played a regular season game. So they waited until the season ended to bring him back. He was probably healthy enough to play. That part of it all is what irks me, and I don't like. Yeah, and just 
just to go back for anyone, I mean, most people know about this, but if you're just a casual fan, basically uh, cap space doesn't count in the playoffs and uh, Kucherov, they put Kucherov on long-term injury reserve at the beginning of the year because he needed surgery for an injury and he didn't play the entire regular season. And then they brought him back uh, for the playoffs. And because of that, they were over the cap by whatever, $18 million, $18 million. So they're playing over the cap, even though that's legal and people are saying that, you know, Tampa cheated or they circumvented the system, but they played within the rules of the, you know, the NHLPA and the owners agreed on. So I think the cap is 90 million, something like that, right? I thought it was lower. I think it's 80 something. 80 something. Well, if it was going off 90, uh, the amount they're over is 20%, just about. So that's a lot over the cap. I don't know. I don't care. I personally don't care. They did it legally, whatever. But I don't, it is yeah, a topic I don't think of there discussion. Was some, like, so. I don't think there's some conspiracy where they're like, hey, Cooch, don't play the entire year because he doesn't want to just lose a year of playing. What probably happened either. is they found out he needed to get surgery and they were having this struggle to figure out their cap. And they're like, oh, wow. Uh, if we just put him on long-term into reserve, our problems are solved. We don't have to make many moves or do anything. We'll be within the cap. That's probably how they thought. But like... <laughs> Honestly, I don't know if that gonna... much went into it or or if it was I think it was just sort of a happy accident and call me naive if I Yeah, whatever. But I just it's cool with I me. think that's like, that's what happened. Let Tampa win their second Stanley Cup in a row. What else happened around the league? Uh oh we got uh Seattle Seattle hiring Hackstall, which was kind of an interesting move in my opinion. I think it was the the uh, or a bad move. Um I just don't think Hack is a good NHL coach. I guess he could be a good assistant, but like, obviously it didn't work out in Philly. I don't think it's going to work out in Seattle either. Yeah. Um, did you happen to catch Dale Weiss on Spit and Chicklets uh, a few I months did ago? Not. What, what was he? What was he, he saying? talked about Hack and he talked about his time in Philly. Was it bad? Was it bad? So yeah, he was basically said that Hack was a hardo, like when he was on the bench and was just emotionless, which I think a lot of us fans saw because you know there'd be a horrible penalty called on the flyers and he'd just be sitting there with a straight face. Um, yeah, he doesn't like to show. Yeah. He was a hardo. I don't think the players really liked him or respected him towards the end. Um, obviously literally a college coach. He, he like, like coaches college kids with a hard structure and then he pushes them to the end. Yeah. I don't think, think I don't think that that type of coaching works in the NHL because one, you're dealing with grown ass men and you need to, you know, have some sort of respect for them. And, Seriously. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's we sort of see this change now where, you know, teams are going more towards the players' coach um, and guys like Babcock, like, Brin- like, like Brenda Moore and Gallant. I think I think the Rangers, it hurts me to say this, I think the Rangers are going to be really good next year. Oh, dude, yeah. I called Gallant. I was telling my roommate that I was like, Gerard Gallant would be perfect for your team. And, of course, I called it. I guess my hockey knowledge is pretty good. They signed them. Yeah, they're going to be good. They're they're a dangerous team, and I'm not not looking forward to having to uh, play them. But the one thing I do want to mention that that we said because I don't want to shit all over heck is that he was like a cool guy off the ice. Like if you were talking to him one on one, like not in a meeting, not in front of the team, like he was like a genuinely nice guy. So there's that. But it's also like, why don't you bring that so to the just, bench then? He just turns on a, a switch or flips a switch when he starts coaching. That's weird. Yeah. I would be the same. I would be the same no matter what. If I'm coaching or if I'm just chilling with you, I'd be the exact same. Yeah. I guess that's why they like player coaches because they're more genuine. 
but like I feel like you got to be personable with your with your fucking players in order to be successful. And I guess he wasn't. And now like they were playing like looking at it, which we're we're gonna go into uh, soon is the expansion draft. But mm-hmm. I feel so bad for whoever Seattle picks from the Flyers now. Like at first I was like, oh, like Ghost, like he'll get a he'll get a change of scenery, like he'll be new, like you know there'll be you a feel lot bad of for fans. The person, oh, or you I feel, feel bad. bad for Seattle. No, no, no. I feel bad if if Voracek for gets picked. Person. I feel bad for Voracek because he's got to go okay. be on co- on Hacks team again. Oh, you're right. Fuck that. That's a whole other element of getting and and then the <laughs> the other thing is like does I mean. I'm sure Ron Francis is making all the decisions, but when it comes to choosing a player from the Flyers, they're going to ask Hack. Like, ask Hack. Be like, hey, you coached these guys for, what was it, four years? Like, who do you think we should take? Also, like, <laughs> please throw us a bone and take JVR Voracek. Please take the salary. Not, not even who, <laughs> who's, who's good. Who are you going to put out on the ice? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, because, you know, him, Hack, He's Hack like and Ghost didn't enough. have a great relationship. Which I mean, like he, they let Ghost loose his first year, and then after that they wanted him to play defense, which is like not his game. It's not his fucking game, dude. You watched him last year; he was great last year, and I loved after him. getting like, after let him play his fucking game after going on waivers. That's the part that pisses me great. off. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't. Coaches like try to push things out of players that just aren't there. You got to use them for what they are. It's like the Line A situation. Line A is not a good defenseman. Just let him fucking get 50, 40, 50 goals a year. And not play D. That's just how he is. Yeah, and you, and when he makes a defense, when he makes a defensive error that leads to a goal, you can't bench him the rest of the game. Yeah, you, you talk to him, be like, dude, you got to like, tr- like you got to teach him some defensive things. Like these these are professional athletes; they will pick up like shit defensively and eventually like get decent. But they're not going to be like that two way player. But I mean, want. that's Tortorella's system, and he's the he's he he goes by the Hardo system of coaching, which is like the same thing with Hack. Like, like Hack style. skilled players Except are not Tortorella is to- better at it. Clearly. I mean, yeah, because <laughs> he has a cup. Actually has his teams go to the playoffs consistently and, like, show a decent effort. All right, where are we? We are, we're rambling off topics about Hack there. That was on topic. I guess, yeah. I feel like we were talking about a bu- like we were talking about line A and all that shit a little bit. That's the best part about podcasting, though, when you just start rambling on about random shit. Um, do we want to do the expansion draft? Yeah, we can go on to the expansion All right, draft. Let's let's start the expansion draft. Um, for you guys listening, we both put our list down before recording, so we got to like take a glimpse, and it actually ended up being exactly the same, which is pretty crazy. But we kind of both think similarly on the flyers, so it, it doesn't it doesn't make like it makes somewhat sense that we pick the same players. I think these are going to be most people's lists, honestly. Yeah, I feel like I've talked to some people, and they're like. Obviously, there's one player that some people are iffy on, but I think it's a fucking no-brainer to protect this guy. All right, so let, to, let's uh, go through. Do you want to read the list? Or yeah, you, I'll, I'll go right. through. I mean, off the bat, Giroux and Hayes have NMCs, so you have to they have to be protected. So we have G and Hayes. You on probably would anyway. Both our lists. So. Yeah, you would anyway. Uh, you got to have Coots. Got to have TK in there. You re-sign Lawton, so you got to put him. In there, and then I think uh, to to fill it out, which we both agree on, is Lindblom and Patrick to fill out your forward group, and that's the the player you were alluding to was Patrick that some people would leave out, but that makes zero percent that makes zero sense because he's making nine hundred twenty five thousand dollars, and we need cap relief. So why would you give them the option to take 
a flyer <laughs> on a player who was drafted high but hasn't been playing well, who's making no money. Of course, they're gonna try to they're gonna take him. You don't, yeah, you don't push away a player that has potential to be as good as Patrick could possibly be for nothing. You don't sell assets at their lowest possible value. That's not how it works. You'd be a bad fucking businessman. It's not even a did. sell though. It's a giveaway. Yeah, exactly. You're not selling. You're being like, hey, take this like player that could be really good for basically for nothing. For nothing. Here. Here's a second overall pick who could end up being like a really good second line player on your team. Take him, please. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. Um and obviously the players that are exposed um well, forward good for wise. Okay. We'll we'll talk about that after. Uh, so for the defense, yeah. and I, we both agree that yeah. these are probably the only options is to go Profi Sanheim Myers. Yeah, there's no, I mean, Braun, but like Braun's so old. These guys are all young. They're your young future defensemen. Obviously, like maybe Sanheim or Myers could get involved in a trade scenario, but like those are the three guys defensively that you want. And then for goalie, Hart. Hart, obviously, Just, yeah. No, let's protect Elliott. <laughs> he's not on the roster. He's not going to be playing in the NHL next year. <laughs> Oh, don't say that. I I, I loved El- Elliot, but I love Elliot too. I just think like it's time for him to retire. He made he's been making a fuck ton of he money. He just he just can't play every game in a month. <laughs> yeah, if you play him like three games in a row, like you have to be resting him. Like, but that's how it is. Like, always a tough position. Um, so that exposes Voracek, JVR, and Ghost mainly. Um, having a hard time thinking of who else would be. Those are the I big names. Knack. I guess Knack. So, yeah, Aubrey like, Kubel and Braun would also be on there, which are like, that's almost worst-case scenario they take Braun or Aubrey Kubel. That would again, suck, they're making Braun's no a money. Great, Braun's a great third-line defensive guy. Like, Braun, that would kind of suck. You can, you can make an argument that Braun was our best defenseman this year in a year that you know the team was horrible defensively. I don't know how much that means, but there were – some games where he was obviously the best defenseman on the ice for I mean, not the best skill or everything, but like he was playing at the he was playing as well as he could possibly play. Yes, like in Pro V playing his at seventy five percent, it's probably better than Braun at a hundred percent. But like Braun showed, like he put everything Braun, on the table this Braun year. Braun was playing on a line with Pro V and carrying him in some games. Correct, but he was perfect. Yeah, he played well. Um, so I think. I mean, and you agree as well. The strategy for this protection list would be to expose a lot of salary cap. And for me, uh, if I have to pick which of these three Voracek, JVR, or Ghost that I would pick for Seattle to draft, um, I'm leaning JVR just because um, he's the kind of player like this year that played really well that I could see next year just going right back to nothing. Um and he makes $7 million a year. So you're getting rid of one of the two biggest contracts on your team. Uh, Vorchek makes 1.25 or something like that more than him. Mm-hmm. But I think you're going to get, you're going to squeeze more out of Vorchek in the final four years of his contract that he has left than JVR. Ghost only makes $4 million something. So I'd rather get one of, rid of one of the two highest salary cap players on our team. Yeah, go set 4.5 for two more years. Yeah. Um, this is sort of where we disagree. So, mm-hmm. I, and hear me out on this one. Okay. Let's hear I it. would I would give Seattle picks to take Voracek. Interesting. Because. I would give picks for them to take JVR, not Voracek. But I get JVR, I get it. in my opinion, has more trade value. You so think so? So if you're going to so? go than Voracek? That's interesting. I think Voracek has more trade value. I think he's a consistent 
player. Like, JVR could go and get – he did good this year, but, like, say 82-game season, I could see JVR getting, like, only 40 points next year when I know Voracek's going to at least hit, like, 50, 55, 60. But JVR is just – I mean, and doesn't matter how you feel about him. He's known around the league as the goal scorer in front of the net guy with – which so you want so need. you still want to keep so that Simmons I think he type would, player on the team is what you're saying. I mean, either keep. I know I would trade him. So you want to trade him and have them take. All right. So I guess what's that now? Thirteen million of cap space available to do whatever we want with. Uh, fifteen. Fifteen. Seven. And eight. And eight. You're right. Bad math. I'm a fucking accountant. I can't even count. And and that. <laughs> That leaves a space to get one or two, which I think we need two D men and some forwards. Yeah, I think that's more enough, more than enough space. We just—I mean, I don't completely disagree with you, um, but I'd—I'd rather than take JVR. But like either way, like I'd probably still be happy. And 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 don't get me wrong, I love JVR and I love Jake. I wouldn't be upset. Yeah, this is nothing against them at all. I love both the players, like both as people and players. Like they're both like great, but. It's just business at this point, I think. I mean, just just thinking about the team's needs and the fact that they need money to get the things that they need, mm-hmm. and these guys make a lot of money, and they're the only guys that make a lot of money that we can trade. So it's just like unless you want to trade Giroux, which I am completely against. Some people might say differently. Well, does he have a full full no move or he has? He has a, a no move, but like you could talk to him, and be like, "Hey, do you, would you like to get to traded to? It. I don't think he Colorado, like." We could trade you to a really good team, but yeah, I don't think he wants to get traded. And I'm just and, saying and it because it's an option. If, I don't want it either. So if we trade G or Jake, we're retaining salary, 100. percent Ah, but G's got one year left. You don't have to retain salary. Okay, no there. G. Yeah, actually, G has one year left. Sorry, Jake's if, four if we're years. Jake, JVR we're is salary. two. That's why I think they take JVR, um, because I think he has two less. Oh, years. I mean, I 100 percent think they would take JVR. I think you pay them to take Jake though. How much? What are we talking here? Second round pick, first round pick. Give him a first. I don't care, dude. I'm, you can give him all the first round picks. I think in the that's world. too I much. I don't care anymore. I don't think about it's too much to take a good player. I think they're going to take one of them anyway. I would not give up a first to all make right, well, him we, take. We, Jake. We, we disagree on that. So tell us what you think, guys. Tweet at us. Yeah. Time my skates pod. We'll put this list up and we'll have you guys bitch at us or agree with us. You know, we'll find out. Anything else uh, you want to talk about? I think we hit the expansion draft right on the head. Um, do we do we want to go into what this team needs at all going into this? You know, we have the draft coming up, and then the uh, yeah, uh, I'm down with that season. Um, or do we want to talk about this? Well, we'll go in more detail definitely in another episode. But just off the bat, maybe not specific players, but team needs. Yeah, I'm down with that. Um, we can. So this we're gonna call this segment post game. I thought it was a cool idea to have a segment at the very end of podcast just to kind of just like shoot the shit talk about shit that we didn't cover during the podcast like what the team needs so and in other episodes we'll field questions from you guys so if you guys have any specific things you want us to talk about like you just leave us a comment uh below our tweets or on instagram and we'll we'll most definitely uh answer them so what did you want to talk about for the team needs obviously d yeah and that's the that's like the glaring obvious thing um and like defensive like big big demon i want big looking at looking at montreal first line defenseman that is the biggest need if you do that the dominoes fall from there yeah and then i I think we need a second line guy too 
second line forward second or line uh, second line d guy sorry i mean yeah second if we want to win a cup guy. next year we need both of those but i don't know if chuck's going to make all the moves i think he's going to still rely on players developing more than win now mood sadly and then i mean watching this team and then watching other teams <laughs> yep. in comparison yep. we are slow we are very slow we don't have one guy who can turn on the jets one guy I have in mind. I'm not sure what his um, salary is looking like, years left, whatever. But uh, Miles Wood, I wanted him at the trades deadline. This dude is so quick, and he's a very good penalty killer. And like, yeah, exactly. I just think he's the get perfect role player that we PK. could get for next to nothing, and he could make an impact on this team. Like, obviously, we want like a Seth Jones, but like a guy that would cost very little. They could make a very big impact. Definitely a guy Just like that. Fill the fast, bottom six like, with speed. Exactly like fill the said. bottom six with speed, dude. Get a guy. Slim I mean, if players, he's going to be no, bottom Lim, six. Nolan Patrick's so kind of slow too, which sucks. I love him. Patrick's slow. Yeah, he's slow. Fuck. I think to get the most out of Limblom, you got to put him on a top line, but I don't know if there's room for him. Yeah, that's the problem. He was really good before he got got sick. I mean, TK can can sometimes t- like turn it up, but he's he's not fast and could. I mean. Two years ago, when he was in the All Star game, he was in the fastest skater, and I think he's he quick, was, but he falls. <laughs> yeah. like he has got falling problems sometimes too. He's kind of oh, like, ta- like falling problems. It's, that's Travis Sanheim. Oh yeah, he I was falls to, I was, down more times than Scott Hartman. I was going to say that we should start a Sanheim down. Like he'll donate a dollar. What did Hartsey do? It was like a hundred dollars every time he fell. He yeah. donated. Sanheim well, should start he, that just to laugh at himself at this point. The the fans just started because they were just holding down, holding out, uh, or raising signs that had the number of times he fell, and he had no idea. Really? No. Yeah, oh, he's told man. that story before. But like, he asked the trainer, and like the trainer went and talked to them, and they were like, "Yeah, they have it for every time you fall down on the ice, they add a number." I hope you laughed and at then, that. That's something you yeah, can easily just laugh did. off. Like we'd be a lot worse. You and me would be a lot worse out there if we were <laughs> we were on the ice. Probably get my fucking head rocked. Yeah. So Miles Good's uh, Miles Wood is a good name out there. I I I like the way he plays. Obviously, hate him because he plays for the Devils and he yeah. like puts up points against us. All the girls will love him too. He's very good looking, and it will fight too. Like he's gritty and fast. And I we lost. I I feel like Pitlick was fast, but we lost him. Yep. I don't think it made sense to resign him. People but, don't talk about that that much. Kind of a decent yeah. loss. He was good at PK as well. He was good on the PK. Yeah. I mean, and he's he scored goals in the playoffs. Maybe one, but. I think one I in the uh, round the robin. Islanders. The round no, he robin, the, maybe. He, he did, and he also scored in the Islanders game. Gotcha. In the Islanders series, sorry. Um, but, yeah, we definitely need speed. And then, I mean, we talked about the offense being good to start the year, then it sort of fell off. I wouldn't mind. With the rest of the team. I uh, wouldn't mind getting a, a change-up, like getting rid of one of our good players for another one in return. I know Eichel's been, like, talked about. It's definitely not going to happen. You have to give up too much. Yeah, it's definitely not going to happen, but, like, I'd I think be the very trade partner for a decent like minor trade where it's like a player for a player like we flop, but I don't the know trade who partner, would get traded. The trade partner that makes the most sense out there is Calgary, just because they are like the Flyers of the West. Oh man, um, say his name, and Matthew it's like bring, John, bring. Oh yeah, well, I, I thought you were gonna say bring Johnny home. I mean, I, but, I would love to bring Johnny home as well, I mean, but I would I rather have Matthew Kachuk. I think the sure. issue with with bringing Johnny and you just mentioned this is we have too many players that are the, that played like the same style or that are the same type As of player. Him. Exactly. We Johnny's Hayes just is a, a passer first guy. Voracek's a pass first guy. G's a pass first guy, and Johnny's a pass first guy. So what are you going to do? Put them all on the ice and they're going to pass to each other the entire time? Right. 
Exactly. So I think we need a scorer, and when I say a scorer, I don't mean let's get a sniper because like Alex Ovechkin is the only like good sniper out yeah. there because he he's good in other line a, other obviously, other, but he comes line with a sniper. Problems. But I don't want to. Yeah, you I want a scorer that can play deep. So when I say scorer, okay. a guy who can finish, dude, just beat Kuchuk. a goalie with a shot and, Kuchuk, and, yeah. and shoots first. I would love he would he would fit. Do you think so that would work when you're saying the like JVR? and a first or something i think you could finesse that vorchek to get taken in the expansion for like a second and then trade jvr uh a first and like frost for kachuk and that's might be overpaying i think you but have like to jvr has two years left like i get he makes too much money but two years left is nothing when it comes to solid cap like they'll be out of that in no time and if they want to get some prospects and a first like there you go that's your opportunity Chuck gives you scoring. He gives you grit, grit, fighting, fucking, and he pisses and he yeah. pisses people off. What would you call him? A power forward? I think he's a scoring. Yeah, power he's forward. A, he's a scoring power forward. Yeah, for sure. he's that's that's exactly what we need. That is what we need. And and like I said, I feel like because of Jake's age and the term and his deal, I think you get more back for jvr or jvr is a more interesting name because one he brings goals he's a little he's gonna he's get 20 younger. no matter what yeah Perfect he's younger and he guy. makes a little bit less money and i, th- I yeah. think jvr's salary is like spot on for what you get from him that's true he goes on streaks too but like that's what all and dude yeah if, do. if you can get seattle to take jake for a second go ahead you know what i mean I'm, i was just saying i would give them a first to do it yeah well they i mean to me seattle's got to hit the minimum salary cap like there's not that many players as good as Jake Forcheck out there that they're just going to be able to snag on other teams. So like he'd be a good player for their top two lines, and he um, would help with the salary cap. You got to what's it like fifty eight million or something like that. You got to hit. You got to hit it I'm somehow. Not sure what the floor is. You got to hit yeah. somehow. But yeah, I I'm cool with that scenario if it pans out like that. That's like wishful thinking though. We'll I would see love what Chuck. Chuck does. I would, you know, Goudreau his. It's been long said that when he hits free agency, he wants to go to the Flyers because he wants he lives in South Jersey and grew up here, and he's a Flyers fan. Um, so I don't know if I would trade for him because if you think you can get him anyway when he's a free agent, then do it then. Like, yeah, then just get him for, makes, for, and oh, not lose oh, wow. any assets. I just looked up Johnny Hockey on Cap Friendly. He's making six point seven five this year, and he's going to be a UFA after Next this year. year ends so what's the fucking point in trading for this guy when you can get him for it makes free? no sense to trade for him he's, he wa- he's like he's not going to demand that much money like we might be able to get him for like six if he wants to come he, home if he wants to come home which it's been long said he does and to add to that you can put him on a line with hayes which they played together in boston the college boys. and they were pretty fucking good those two and uh people aren't going to agree with this for sure and nolan patrick on the right wing i think nolan no. pa- no, you don't like that. <laughs> no, because that team needs a, a shoot first guy. Nolan Patrick can become that. Uh, no, Nolan Patrick is a pass it behind the back to nobody guy. Ah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times I saw him do a blind behind the between the legs pass to nobody behind him, like Fine. valid criticism. Five or six times valid this season, criticism. which is too many times. I'm gonna give him a break. He had a tough year. Give him a fucking break. He played the whole I season. A, I give him a break. Just uh, why pass it without looking when you can look and pass it to somebody? Very true. I guess maybe to you that's not a good line, but I think it could. I guess you want Nolan Patrick to be a center. And, you, and what, so. is that your third line? 
that that's a, that's, that's another problem. team need is a is a is a two or three C to and whichever one you get put Hayes in the other role. Yeah. If you if you get a two C, put Hayes on me, third, even though he's making too much money Stanley to be a third Cup, line center. On a Stanley Cup team, Hayes would be a third line center. Would, yeah. I don't care about the money. Like that's why. Oh, if bring we, up that's Hayes why too, if we got Eichel, it would be pretty insane what our lineup would look like. But that's you, that's reaching. <laughs> you could say Hayes didn't look good this year, which I mean, points wise, I think he was comparable to his first season um on the pk and like speed wise i don't think he looked great but it did it it was very quietly but it came out that he was playing with a core muscle injury yeah so, I, he'll be fine next year I he think, did look I think slow it's the at same times thing and with, i think that's with, exactly what the problem was like same injury g and ghost had where they looked horrible was that when no g got 50 something points and people were yeah like, and then like the next town, blah, blah, and blah. then the next year he got 102 or whatever yeah, then he was like next year like hey i can still fucking play <laughs> All right. So, I think, and, and I mean, another guy from Calgary, Monahan, just to throw that out there, because I okay. think they're done with him, and he can play center. Yeah, that's not bad. And score. Yeah, throw a dart on him. I don't think he's that great, but I think he definitely could fit a bottom six role decently well. All right, that wraps up the first episode of Time My Skates. Please like, comment, and subscribe on Twitter, Instagram, and anywhere you get your podcasts at Time My Skates Pod. I'm Z. He's Drunk Eddie. We'll see you guys next time. Yeah.